Welcome to Quest for Gold. I'm Ryan Burrow. More American athletes have punched their tickets to the 2020 Games in Tokyo, including Carissa Moore and 17-year-old Caroline Marks, both grabbing bids and surfing at the World Surf League Women's Championship Tour in Hawaii. This will be the first Olympic Games with surfing as a medal sport. 22-year-old Nathaniel Coleman of Utah became the first American man to qualify for sport climbing's Olympic debut, making the final in a qualifier in France. He joins Kyra Kandi and Brooke Robotu, who qualified on the women's side. There are now 28 U.S. athletes who have qualified for Tokyo. Figure skater Brady Tunnell is competing this weekend at the Grand Prix Final in Torino, Italy. You can listen to our interview with the Carpentersville native in episode 13. This week, the Chicago Blackhawks announced assistant coach Mark Crawford, who was also the 1998 Canadian Olympic hockey coach, will be away from the team while they investigate allegations of abuse made regarding conduct years ago go with another organization. And a Minnesota judge Wednesday ordered that a former member of the Miracle on Ice U.S. Olympic gold medal team, Mark Pavlich, should be committed to a secure treatment facility, saying the hockey star is mentally ill and dangerous. He's charged with beating a friend with a pole back in August. On this week's Sports Spotlight, we talk open water swimming with Homer Glenn native Becca Mann, who grew up in the south suburbs of Chicago. Her swimming journey has gone through Florida and Hawaii as well. She missed out on her chance for an open water bid for Tokyo, but has not closed the door on competing in the 2020 Games. In the meantime, she's grabbing headlines with her historic swim across a Hawaiian channel, something no one has ever done before. I had a chance to chat with her on the phone. Born and raised in Illinois, is that uh, correct? Yes. Um, I was actually homeschooled from uh, fifth grade or sixth grade and on until college. All right. So did you do club swimming? Where, where, where did you, uh, you kind of get the bug? Yes. Um, so my older sister was joining the swim team when I was like five. And I had to do everything that she did. I didn't really know how to swim. Like I knew how to not drown, but I didn't know how to swim. Um, <laughs> but she was uh, going to swim practice and I was driving her there with my parents. And... Um, I just had to do everything that she did. So I snuck into that swim practice so I could be with her. I, like, packed my swim bag on my own. My parents wouldn't let me join because they weren't confident in my swimming abilities. And then I just never looked back. So how long did you swim? Did you go to, like, a club team? Or or kind of how did you progress? Yeah, I kind of uh, jumped around club teams in Illinois until I was, like, 13. And then um, I decided to move to Florida. I actually convinced my parents to let me move. It was hard, but uh, (laughs) I, like, I managed to convince them because I um, really, like, I don't know, swimming in Illinois um, was just hard for me. And I, like, needed to be somewhere else, just, uh, like, needed to change the scenery to get to the level that I wanted to be at. And um, I moved to Clearwater to train with Randy Reese when I was 13 and then trained there until I was 16 and then moved us to North Baltimore from there and then um, swam there through 2016. Now, when did you make this transition from swimming in pools to swimming outdoors? Obviously, in Chicago, that would be a little bit more challenging than uh, than in Florida. Yeah, actually, like there was never really a transition because um, my family was a big triathlon family. So um, we would like, just go and do triathlons for fun. And um, I started doing those from a really young age, too. And I loved open water, like so much more than pool swimming. I liked that there weren't any, like, black lines telling me where to go or, you know, I didn't, it was, wasn't as controlled. It was really good for, I had a really adventurous spirit. So it was very good for that. And, um, I probably did like my first open water races in triathlons, but, um, started, I actually did my first 10 K again. Like I had to convince my parents to let me do this. <laughs> um, we like, we'd just go on vacation to Florida every now and then. And like my dad had to have something to do. So we do swim Miami and, um, it's this open water race. 
And there was a 5K, a 10K, and a mile. And I was signed up for, I was seven, and I was signed up for, I think, either the mile or the 5K. And then I saw that there was a 10K, and I was like, I need to do that. So I convinced my parents to let me do that, but they're, um, the only way they would let me do it is, was if my older sister swam with me, who was nine at the time. And um, they're like, okay, you have to, like, take care of your sister, and you need to make sure that, like, she doesn't drown and that she's always taken care of. She, like, stops to feed. And um, my older sister did not want to do this at all. But uh, basically, for, like, three and a half hours, uh, I drafted off of her. She, like, stopped and helped me uh, at every feeding station, was always making sure that I was all right. And we were supposed to come out of the water together holding hands. And we were, like, 100 meters from the shore, and she got stuck behind, like, this really slow old man. And I just <laughs> I just decided to swim around her and sprinted to the finish and beat her. She never let that go. All right. I want I wanted to get into, because uh, I, I went through your full account of your uh, record-setting swim this summer. Um, first of all, just answer me this question. Why? Why, why did you do this? Um, so I was, like... Feeling very, every now and then I really need to go on an adventure. Like, I was feeling the itch for something incredible. And I've just been reading about, like, these crazy open water swims, and I just knew that I wanted to do one. I, I've been so drawn to channel swimming. Uh, you know, I did the Lanai to Maui channel when I was 10, and it was such an amazing experience, and I absolutely love channel swimming. So something was, like, really calling me to it. And um, I was actually at the Olympic Training Center, uh, training for uh, open water nationals actually it was actually after that a little bit after open water nationals uh just training for like pan am and i was feeling the itch for something crazy so um i contacted steve Munitones, who he's kind of he's like the open water guru and um i was like what's a really crazy channel swim that i can do that either hasn't been done before that i could like get a record in or that will just like really satisfy my need for this swim <laughs> And he was like, I have the perfect thing for you. Uh, it's in Hawaii. It's this Maui Nui tri-channel swim. It's never been done before. It'll be really hard because you're going to have currents against you at, on at least one of the legs. And I was like, this is perfect. Like, it just satisfied everything. And I knew that I was called to it. Like, it, it just fit so perfectly into, like, the whole journey of my swimming career. Tell people where exactly you were swimming from. What is this triangle then? So I started on the island of Maui. And then swam to the island of Molokai. And then from there, swam to the island of Lanai. And then swam back to Maui. Full distance was what, like 40 miles, something like that? Yeah, around 40 miles. And you went in expecting that the the length of time you would actually be in the water would be what? Uh, around 15 hours. It ended up being 20 hours and 53 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but who's counting, right? <laughs> yes. All right. I was at the end. Okay, so so what's interesting is uh, you you detail all of the struggles, uh, things that I would think about that apparently you weren't thinking about, you know, like sharks uh, <laughs> potentially coming in and grabbing you. Um, but, you know, you yeah. talk about the choppy waves, uh, you know, you have to take these eating breaks, obviously. You've got to, you know, replenish yourself. And, and when you do hit one of the islands, you do get a little bit of time, a little bit of a breather, but that almost isn't as helpful. You almost would rather keep swimming. But talk to oh, me definitely. months later 
after after you've gone through this process and and people can can read the the full account of everything you went through you detail it pretty well um but when when you look back at that now several months later what are some of the things that stick out in your mind whether it be emotions whether it be physical exhaustion what are the things that you remember when you think about that swim well the first thing that i remember actually is just the stars because they were incredible they were only there for like three hours before the moon rose but um Whenever I think of it, I just think of, like, I can still picture myself in the middle of the ocean. Like, there's no land, basically no land in sight. <laughs> I mean, you could see, like, the dark clouds where the islands were, but it was dark, and I felt like I was in the middle of the ocean. And, you know, there's just no light pollution. I just felt, like, so alone in a good way. And then just, like, turning onto my back and seeing all the stars right there. Like, I won't ever experience anything like that again, I feel, I think. And, um... Like, that's the first thing that always comes to mind whenever I think of it. And then um, after that is actually the finish, when I finally finished it. And, like, coming out of the water, the first thing I thought was, I would absolutely do that again, just not right now. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I think that 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 really, like, told me in that moment that I was definitely going to do something like that again. I just don't know when in my life it will be. My my guess is you pushed your body harder than you had ever pushed it before. What is oh, for sure. what is that experience like? Is it euphoric when you're doing it? Uh, do you not realize it when it's happening? Where where does your mind and where does your body go when you push it to a limit like that? Well, my mind, I was actually a like pretty sound mind the whole time, other than my bursts of anger. I got very angry so many times, but. Um, I, like, was never really, like, depressed or sad or, like, wanted to give up. Um, I knew that I could make it, and I knew I was going to make it. And uh, it was just, like, a matter of me being angry that I wasn't there in the time that I wanted to be there. There there were many portions of the race where I just felt so great, and I was like, wow, this is, like, the coolest thing that I've ever done, and maybe that I ever will do. And I really enjoyed that and, like, just allowed myself to be in the present and really, like, be mindful of, the experience that I was having. And then other times I was like, I just want to black out for like 10 hours and be at the next island. Sure. <laughs> so it was very interesting because I think I experienced like the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. And it's really cool that I got to do that in one swim. Did you learn anything about your body, how your body responds in that situation? Like you went into detail about how your, you know, you, your throat would close up, your nose would close up. I mean, it's little things like that. Yes. Like, oh, I guess when I push this hard, this happens or that happens. Yeah, that was definitely the hardest part, the, the throat and my mouth. Because um, I knew that like physically my body, um, when, when you think that your body's done, like the human body is an amazing thing. Um, I knew that no matter how badly it hurt, like I could still go on because theoretically you could probably go on for, if you're feeding well, you could go on for a while, you know? So I knew that like, even if my body felt like it was shutting down, it wasn't, but I did not know anything about that, excluding my throat. I had no idea uh, (laughs) about that and how safe it was to swim when I felt like my throat was closing up. So that was like, towards then I'm like, I really should get to shore so I don't have to deal with this. Um, so that part was really strange. For people who are thinking about this visually in their mind, you you did have uh, you did have help to the side of you. You weren't just you know in the middle of the channel by yourself, right? <laughs> Explain kind of the setup here as as people are imagining this scenario. Okay, so I had um, one kayak with me, and um, there was always a kayaker like paddling beside me, and then there was also a boat, which was usually um, about like a hundred meters ahead of me, 
And then, um, except every 20 minutes when I'd like come up for a feed, then, um, cause I would be fighting off the boat. Um, I would come up for a feed every 20 minutes and then they'd like throw a water bottle to me on a string so I could like just drink it and then they'd like reel it back in. All right. And who was on these boats? So I had uh, two captains, three kayakers, and then my mom and my mom was the feeder, but my mom was so seasick after about like an hour, she just started throwing up and she didn't stop throwing up until like probably 10 hours after I'd finished. It was so bad. Just from seasickness. Usually uh, is not a seasick person. It was just that kind of day. Sure. (laughs) The ocean was not not taking any prisoners. And you you detail in there uh, some of your your struggles with your mother during that uh, that time period. Communication issues, (laughs) food issues. Uh, I can imagine emotions were running pretty high. We joke about that. Yeah, I I got really mad at the crew uh, (laughs) quite a few times. I even like swam away from the boat in the kayak at one point because I thought that that they were giving they were like taking me on the wrong course, which I, I like I knew from um, I like I, I knew that they were taking me on the right course, but my emotions got the better of me, and I kind of let them drive me and take a different path. You had special goggles on, and uh, what kind of wetsuit did you have on? Uh, so I didn't wear a wetsuit. Okay. I actually I just wore my regular goggles for um, half of it, and then uh, once I started swelling up, I changed to like a bigger pair of goggles that were clear, also for the night. And I had like an LED light on the back of my head, so <laughs> the kayaker could see me. And then I changed back into the other pair of goggles once I started swelling again. And then um, so for a suit, I actually just wore like a pool racing suit down to my knees for half of it because I find that I don't chase much like much when I wear those. So. Um, I wore that for the first, I think, like 15 hours. And then on the last island, I changed into a practice suit, which I did end up chasing more in that one. But um, I just been in the other one for too long. And, like, I was starting to chase in some places. And then I put on the other one, started chasing in other places. So uh, I knew that no matter what, I was going to chase. So that's why I ended up changing into the practice suit. Most people, when they're looking for an adventure, go get a tattoo or they will uh, <laughs> bungee jump. Uh, that That's not the way you roll, huh? <laughs> Definitely not. Let, let's talk a little bit about where you're at in your career right now. So where are you at? Are you training? Are you in season? Kind of where are you at? So I'm kind of taking the semester. I'm back at school at, uh, UC, at USC. And um, I'm kind of taking the semester off. And then I might get back into it next semester. Okay. I major in screenwriting at USC. So um, I'm, I really wanted to focus on that. So I absolutely love writing. And um, I'm taking it day by day. So when you get back, are you getting back to the pool or are you continuing to do open swim then or open water? Um, I do a little bit of open water swimming on my own, like just go out to the ocean. So nice living in uh, Southern California. You can just go to the ocean and uh, swimming a bit there. But um, I think next semester I will end up going back into the pool a little bit. Uh, you don't swim for USC though, do you? Uh, no, not anymore. So let, let's talk a little bit about uh, Tokyo then, because I know that there's already been uh, a qualifier, right? Did you did you try to qualify for Tokyo? Yes, and um, I was fifth at Open Water Nationals, and then the top two ended up uh, making it. Okay, all right. So what what does that mean then? I mean, are there still opportunities for you? Uh, not for open water, but there are for pool because pool trials are in June. Okay, so you 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 have set your your eyes on that then? Is that the plan? I think so. I'm still deciding. I'm taking it day by day. Okay. And then I'll like reevaluate in January. Where is uh, being an Olympian at kind of on your list of goals moving forward outside of swimming channels across the world? <laughs> well, um, I came so close in 2012 and 2016, and those were both really hard for me. 
And uh, over time, I've kind of, like, accepted that. And, like, back then, all I wanted was to be an Olympian. Like, I wanted to achieve this goal. But now, like, I kind of have a holistic view of my journey. And I've, I realized that, like, it is about the journey. It's not about the destination. And it took me a really long time to, like, learn that, even though, you know, everyone, everyone tells you that. But uh, it took me a while to accept that and, like, really um, figure out the path that I wanted to take. So um, being an Olympian is not necessarily, like, my if, if it happens, that would be amazing. If it doesn't, that's fine, too. So what, what do you swim at in the pool, then? Are, are there any kind of um, the specific categories that you're involved in? Uh, usually, like, the 1500 and the 800, and I used to do a lot of 400 IM, but my breaststroke kind of died, and now I don't do that as much. What advice would you give uh, kids maybe getting into the sport or people who look up to you and, and see your journey and, and kind of want to replicate that? I would say you need to love it. Like, don't do it if you don't love it because it's, it's, it's like going to take up so much of your time that um, you have to really have a passion for it and you need to enjoy every minute. Are there days when you wake up and say, I don't love this anymore? For sure. And then um, those actually don't come that, they don't come that often for me. They did, there was like a period of about a year where it was like that every day. But other than that, I've been like lucky where um, I've, I only have that like once or twice a month. But there are some people who have that pretty often. And um, if you know that you still love it, even if you're, like, feeling that day-to-day, like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore, then it's worth pursuing. You just have to, like, you just have to know. We've got a link to that blog post where she goes into depth about her historic swim. It's attached to the website. Take a look. I'm Ryan Burrow with Quest for Gold, only on WGNRadio.com.